Alright y'all, what's poppin'? It's your boy Mojo on the motherfucking microphone Sorry about that y'all I've got my brother Desi in the building But actually, like I told y'all earlier I am not a real brother, okay? I am a black man I have a true brother from the FOI yes, on the sir. phone yes, right sir. now This would be brother Ben X I'm gonna go ahead and bring him in real fast And share some knowledge with this man And get some knowledge from this man Cause I definitely need some And I know y'all out there in the streets Definitely need some during this quarantine time Brother Ben X, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Now, what's happening, brother? How are you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing black-tastic, man. Black-tastic. I like yes, it, sir. fam. Yes, I like it. going to drop a bomb on that one. I like that. Black-tastic, god dang. All right. Um, that is a beautiful thing to know. Um, So, can you tell the people real fast about Brother Ben X? Because a lot of people don't know who you are. Even though you're a younger, young fella and you're out here on the up-and-coming, a lot of people don't know who you are. And I need these youth movements out here to get ingratiated with your name, sir, immediately. Uh, well, I'm Brother Ben X, man, a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Uh, I am a brother who has um, gained knowledge itself, um, gained self-love and self-respect. So in me gaining self-love and self-respect, it, it allows me or influences me to share it with my other brothers. Mm. Brother Nuri Muhammad said that when you look at the word brother, you have the word other as the root word. So because I love myself and I respect myself, that makes me want to see that same thing for other people. We are taught that, you know, we should want for our brothers as we want for ourselves. So I'm just a brother that's learning and growing. And as I learn and grow, I share that information with you guys. And when it comes to my social media, I like to say that I create valuable content to bring about passive impact. Oftentimes, people are worried about passive income, but if you focus on passive impact, the income is going to come behind it. Mm. Now, that's a bomb right there, too, my friend, right there. You said passive impact and not passive income, correct? Correct. Can you tell the people out there what are the actual details of having passive impact instead of having passive income because obviously people are about the dollar nowadays they want to know more about the money than anything they want the cash grab up front so what is it that you can explain to people that makes it more important to have the impact over the income well what i mean by that is of course a lot of people like to get passive income which is basically income that um uh, income that you do passively, that, that you're getting passively residually, meaning that you don't have to necessarily put any put any work in to necessarily get it. Um, you put some work in, maybe one time you make an investment and you continue to get that money. Uh, for me, I create content maybe one time, I put a video one time, I edit the video one time, but it may go viral, may hit 100,000, maybe mm. 50,000, maybe a million, and it's bringing about passive impact because it is valuable. Mm-hmm. So in a business, if you have a valuable business or you have a, a valuable product or service, you can bring in passive income. For example, in an ebook, if I have an ebook that's out and is valuable and I do the right marketing, I can get passive income coming from that. And the reason I say that is because when you look at the dollar, it's fiat money. It's a fiat dollar. It really is not backed by anything. The only reason that we trade it is because we believe that it has value. And so I tell people all the time that I'm money. And you can be money, meaning that instead of me chasing money, I'm going to chase the God-given talents within myself, the skills within myself, and righteousness within myself. And if I do that, then money's going to chase me because I'm going to always be valuable. Nobody gets money and, and just stack up their money just to have money. They, they're stacking it up to buy something, to buy something of value. Money is a medium of exchange of something valuable. So if I am valuable, I'm going to always be able to have some money. 
And the way that I break that down is I grew up playing basketball. I'm actually an uh, All-American basketball player. And to think about basketball, Michael Jordan got a lot of touches. Would you agree? Yeah, so if you think about Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan got a lot of touches. Allen mm-hmm. Iverson got a lot of touches. Kobe Bryant got a lot of touches. And it was because they was valuable on the court. Now, everybody may got some touches, but if you ain't cold and you ain't got no skill, you ain't got no value, you're not going to get a lot of touches on that court. So I look at that the same way I look at money. The ball circulates on the court just like money circulates in life. So if I want to get more touches or if I want to get more money, all I have to do is become more valuable. So if I focus on service, if I focus on providing a need, if I focus on solving a problem, then I should never have to worry about getting money. But too many people are only focused on money and then they end up finding they're never going to get enough of it or they won't have any money at all because you're chasing the money and you're not chasing that which is going to bring about the money. That is a fact. That is a fact, sir. So I'm you drop a lot of knowledge right there. Um, before we dive deep into everything that we as a people need to know, because that is a fact, and I do want to get to it if you've got time today, brother. I've never spoken to anyone from the NOI or the FOI, and I definitely need some information. I am not living right out here, sir, and I need some guidance. I need some guidance. I need some guidance, and I know these kids out here listening to this podcast and whoever see this show, they're going to need some guidance as well. So may I ask you, before we dive into everything that you just spoke about, because we are going to dive into it, because I definitely, I know Brother Dez want to know about your hooping skills, because I, too, am a basketball fan. I never played, but Brother Dez also was a player. Um, I want to ask you, though, the real question here that really grimes me, that really gets to me, is I look at the transformation of mostly all the brothers in the FOI or the NOI, I should say, in the nation. I look at all the transformation that you guys go through, and obviously it's done through maturation and process. I got a question, though. Who were you before the nation? Because obviously everyone looks at Malcolm X and they remember the Detroit Red. Who were you before Brother Ben X? As Nori, um, Brother Nori said as well, he was a different person before he switched over to the nation. Who were you before the nation, sir? Was you party? Was you a scammer or was you out here thugging in these streets? That's what I'm saying. Well, well, I, I was an entrepreneur, uh, but really more so a basketball player. So I've been playing okay. basketball since I was two years old. Uh, began selling candy uh, and things of that nature in high school. So that's what started off my entrepreneurship journey. So for me, my main focus was basketball and sports. And, you know, I didn't know none of this that I'm saying to you guys right now. Nothing outside of a pick and roll. You understand me? A one three one zone, you know, press something like that. So my whole mindset was just on basketball. That was really my everyday life. But I thank God for that particular journey because it was that that actually gives me the drive that I'm doing today. So when I played basketball, I didn't need nobody to be in the gym with me to play basketball. Just like I don't need nobody to make videos. I don't need nobody to be doing what I'm doing in order for me to do it. Now a lot of people are doing it now, but I didn't need to see an example for me to do it. I became that example. Uh, when I'm looking at a basketball team, I'm only 5'9". I could dunk back in the day. However, that wasn't my thing. I'm not going to get no in-game dunk. So instead of me trying to act like I can windmill or telling somebody to throw me a oop, I'm going to throw it to the brother who actually can dunk. I'm going to throw it to the brother who's actually 6'7". And I take that same principle and I apply it to life. I stay in my lane. I do what I do best. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, if you get with six to eight like-minded individuals, come together, hey, do something for yourself. So I don't try to be a farmer, a, 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 a mechanic, and all these different things. I mm-hmm. think it's best for me to just collaborate with a mechanic, collaborate with a yeah. farmer, yeah. collaborate with a scientist, and yeah. then we pool our resources, come together, yeah. and do something for ourselves. So before the Nation of Islam, man, I was just a young brother who was on YouTube, 
and that was my way of expressing myself because I got 21 biological brothers and sisters and I didn't, and I wasn't raised up in the house with none of them. And I wanted to be, uh, have a half sisters and brothers around. So I started off talking to myself. I did skits talking to myself and that was my way of expressing myself and it kind of blew up. So once I joined the nation, I just kind of, you know, had something to actually magnify it and get in and, and, and the nation actually gave me something to talk about. That's beautiful, sir. That is beautiful. Okay, so another question I got for you then. What what possibly okay, so you were a basketball player, okay, doing that. What made you transition from basketball into the nation? Like what was Cuz I problem? know you said there was no specific or motivation, but what yeah. what did you see or what yeah, was it what that, was that you switch? felt in your heart that yeah, made yeah. you say I got to do something? Yeah. Well, as the minister said, one time back in the day that they had to make a decision about being a musician or being in the mosque, and he said that he could live without his music, but he could not live without the truth. And that's how I felt about basketball. Um, basketball during that time began to feel like a job to me. And uh, because it started to feel like a job to me, I, I kind of fell out of love with it. And uh, during that time, I was at a school where I was supposed to be on scholarship because one of the guys uh, wasn't playing and the coach told me I would get his scholarship and that didn't end up happening. And during that time I was listening to the minister and becoming a little bit more conscious of the teachings. And I heard the minister say debt is slavery. Mm. So I wasn't going to be up there unhappy and going into debt, not learning anything that I really need for my business career or my videography career that I was also interested in as well. But there was a brother named Brother Malik Muhammad who spoke in my school about the role of the male and the female. And he was also into entrepreneurship. And so I got with this brother because he was a prime example of the teachers. All of his children got seven children. All of his children all homeschooled. Uh, None of them uh, all graduated at the age of, you know, 14, 15, 16, things of that nature. He never, you know, held them back. So he was an example. And he had his own school. And so when I was going to school, he was a brother who was there to support me. You know, you know, all of my family members didn't necessarily support me coming into the nation, didn't necessarily support all of my business ideas. Um, and so he was a brother who said, hey, man, I'm not your judge. I'm going to support you either way, though. Hey, if you make this decision, this is the consequence. If you make this decision, here's the consequence. But any decision you make, brother, that's on you. But I'm going to have you back anyway. And, and that sentiment really resonated uh, with me. Uh, because it shows that he really supported me. Uh, either way, he even came all the way out to my college game, took me out to eat, and he was willing to answer, you know, any question that I had. And he was also into entrepreneurship like me, so I found a liking to the brother. And, and, and what really brought me in is I seen the brothers actually doing the work. I seen the brothers going door to door. I seen them not condemning our people just because they got tattoos or just because they're not living right, as you said. They didn't condemn those type of people. These are the people that we're trying to redeem because the scripture said Jesus was in the highways and the byways. John 14, 12 says those who believe will be doing the works that I'm doing, even greater things because I'm going to the Father. So they wasn't condemning somebody because they was acting the way they was acting. They were saying this is my opportunity to help them. And they was willing to help me as well. And then I began to see Brother Muhammad Ali when he was in the nation, saw all of his interviews. Being that I was an athlete and have a little personality, I was attracted to him, how he was also an athlete, but also had a personality, but was willing to stand on truth and see truth to power. So that was, that was uh, uh, attractive to me. Then when I began to see the minister teach on social media, 
uh, through the YouTube lectures, when I watched his four lectures, he broke things down and made things less spooky. So he talked about the hereafter. It's not somewhere after you die where they make you think. He says, here is an adjective describing place. After is an adjective describing time. It's here on earth after this wicked world has been destroyed. Then he said that ye are all God. Now that's in the scripture, but they don't talk too much on that. But he said, yeah, you are a God, brother, meaning that you got force and power to make something happen in your life. And so I got that knowledge itself and that power that made me say, hey, man, I can do something. And the more I applied it, the more fruit I got, the more results I got. And I said, man, this right here is for me. Mm. Okay. Okay. Now, you said something earlier I definitely got to ask you about. Uh, you said you grew up in a house of 21 biological. I mean, not grew up in a house, but you have 21 biological siblings. Yeah, I got 21 biological brothers and sisters. Uh, the first time I met my biological father was in his casket, and I recall seeing my biological mother maybe one time. Okay. Um, I can't lie about that, sir. I, too, have a big family, so... I got a question. Can you break it down? Because, see, with me, I got four brothers, four sisters. Um, me and my brother have the same father. The rest of the children have the different fathers, okay? Um, and I have six nieces, six nephews. So it's not that it's not 21 biological siblings. I have basically, you know, seven biological siblings, but eight children all together. How does that work down mm -hmm. with you? 21, you said? Yeah, uh, I've only met six of them. The other ones I have not met. Um, the two I met, the other two, there's four that I'm real close with, though. So uh, they stayed in East Texas. Uh, I would go visit them in the summertime. Uh, my baby sister, I would, she would come sometimes in the summertime. But as we got older and, you know, kind of was able to drive and stuff, when we get together, it's like we grew up together. Okay. So there's four that I'm very close with. Uh, but there's two um, that I met at my biological father's uh and my biological father's uh, funeral. And so me, my big sister, and those two, we all have the same father, and the rest have the same mother. But then the other 15 are all by my father. Maybe uh, I think that's all by somebody else. I don't, I don't know. I've also never met my biological grandfather or my biological grandmother. The only thing I know about my biological grandmother is that she was a Mexican. And so... Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So I grew up in the house by myself. We would just meet from time to time in the summertime because they stayed in East Texas. Okay. Uh, we would call each other on the phone sometimes, and uh, that was pretty much it. So you never dealt with any of the gang activity that's out in Texas, allegedly out in Texas or whatnot? I know no, I, um, because I had a purpose that kind of kept me away from that. So I okay. have brothers and sisters, like, you know, best friends who got into that. Matter of fact, one of my best friends is doing life in prison right now uh, because of that type of activity. But what kept me away from that is that, you know, I had a dream. I had a purpose in life. And I feel like a lot of people who get into that gang life or that street life, they just haven't discovered their purpose. And their purpose isn't stronger than the peer pressure. Mm. And so with that being said, whenever they was going out to do certain things, you know, I, I didn't want to do that because I don't want to mess up my basketball career. I got to go to practice. I don't want to smoke because that may make me, uh, lose some of my stamina that I got. Yeah. So because I had a purpose in life and I knew where I wanted to go, um, I was able to weed off some of the things that could have took me on the wrong path. Okay, I got a question. Beautiful. What situation, like what kind of situation is the African-American in in America? What is the situation? Um, I think we are in a growing situation. Uh, of course, 
you know, we're still behind uh, a lot of people due to a lot of uh, divisions. But I think with the um, the social media, a lot of more people are waking up uh, because there's so many pages and uh, you can't be controlled anymore. I forgot the man's name. He said it's easier now to con- uh, to kill a million people than it is to control a million people because of the cell phones that we have, because of the internet, Facebook, Instagram. YouTube, people are able to voice themselves when before they may have had great knowledge, but they wasn't able to get it out there to the masses. And so I think the condition that we're in, we're still looking for that answer. We're still looking for guidance. Mm. But the more that people see that guidance and see a better solution and example, I believe our people are waking up one by one. I know a lot of people like to say all of us and we don't have nothing. We're not doing nothing. But because I've traveled the country working with different organizations, I can't say that anymore. There are people who got schools. There are people who got restaurants. There are people who got mentorship programs. There are people that's working with people with suicide. There are people who's doing all of these different things. We just have to find a way to get out in our community and get involved with those different uh, with those different organizations. Um, but I just think our people are um, uh, in need of that guidance, and the world has such a strong pool. You okay, know, well, so, so you got the TV athletes. shows. You all right? All these athletes you got. All these um, mm-hmm. actors, why haven't they tried to put their money together and buy some land? Brother, I can't really answer that question on why uh, they haven't came together and bought some land. Some of them do have land. I can't say it's for necessarily, the, you know, the the, uh, the community um, per se. Uh, I don't know what all of them have done. I don't know what all of them are doing. There are some but of no, those no, who I'm talking about are into. No, I'm speaking on like they could they could form a group. Right. Yeah, I can't. I can't answer. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't answer that um, for for them on why they haven't done it. Uh, and then again, I don't know who has done it and who hasn't. And the point that I was about to make is that there are some entertainers or some who would say celebrities who do back organizations, and we just don't know it. Uh, for example, Russell Simmons is the sponsor for our uh, barbershop talk that me and Captain Dennis was on that Captain Dennis started which was able to organize men in all different cities and going into those barbershops, creating, uh, you know, conversations that was needed about black on black violence, what we could in ourselves, police violence, police brutality and the black dollar circulation of the black dollar that was sponsored by Russell Simmons. So Mm. I think a lot of times just because they don't say it, it doesn't mean that they're not doing it. So I never want to put myself in a position and say somebody's not doing something when they are, because Mm -hmm. people do that about, you know, many people that I know personally who have done things and it's only because they don't know what they're doing yet. So I, I can't, I can't answer that one. I can understand that. Um, I got a question from, um, from Myra who you spoke with. Uh, she asked, she wanted me to ask you, um, she told me not to let you get out of here without asking. Um, do you think African-Americans are finally starting to get self-awareness and enough knowledge to realize our self-worthiness and entrepreneurialism to have our own? I think so. Uh, I just think that we need to, we, we don't necessarily know how. I think we're in a position to where we understand now it's time for separation, uh, especially during this time. If you, if you haven't seen uh, the enemy thus far as far as uh, economics and, 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 and things of that nature, if, this, if you laid off right now and you was considered non-essential and you're not being paid, this was a wake-up call for you because you still got bills, you still got children. So I think yeah. at this point, our people know we should be coming together, doing something for ourselves. We want to be entrepreneurs, but I think a lot of people don't know how. Like, for example, 
in real estate back in the day, I thought, man, you had to be a white guy. Some you got to have a top degree or whatever to get into real estate until I, you know, got older and was like, oh, man, I can do this without a degree. Yep. And so I think that's just need, like I said, more examples. Um, and they just need that know-how, that step-by-step know-how. They know they don't want to work on the job because, hell, they didn't want to go to school every day. Yep. So that was one of the motivations for me. If I don't want to get up in the morning going to school for somebody else all day, why would I go to school for 12 years, then get a degree to, to repeat that same lifestyle, working all day, then I got to come home, take a bath, eat and go to bed and continue to repeat that process. So some of them do not want to do that anymore. They just trying to figure out how. And what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, you never have to condemn a dirty glass, just put a clean one next to it. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's a nice one right there. I got to drop it. Uh, another question for you from uh, Myra She also wanted to know if, Because um, based off what you said And the question that I asked you earlier If that be the case then What do you think we are the steps that we As a as a people And when I say as a people I think of us as a people Like you say um, they most, most of the time I hear the NOI say this And I usually think of this as well um, The original people the black and the brown people, where do we as a people go to start taking the steps toward generational wealth, especially right. the black people on this continent and in this world? Well, uh, the, the first step is itself. Uh, we must do something for ourselves. So the Honorable mm-hmm. Minister Louis Farrakhan says self-improvement is the basis for community development. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, it's easy for us to say let's unite, but let's unite to do what? Because we can unite for a kickback. A lot of people unite for concerts. A lot of people unite to, to go to the strip club. So if we have a criteria or an agenda that we are uh, uh, going for, whether this is school, whether this is for us to get businesses, whether this is for us to become economically free, we must know what I particularly do. Can we because come? in order for us to come together for wealth, like am I a mechanic? Am I a teacher? Am I an engineer? So when we come together, I can already know what you do best and you can know what I do best. Because for me, wealth is something that after you have your income and you paid all your debt and expenses, that is your wealth that's left over. The first thing we can do is get life insurance. That's the cheapest way to do it. You can literally buy life insurance. Mm-hmm. If you got $90 a month, $100 a month, $200 a month, if anything happens to you within 30 years, your family can be left with $500,000, $1 dollars. $2 million, whatever your life insurance true. policy is. It that's is it. True. That's the easiest way to it do it. True. So a lot of our people right now, we don't realize that that's what a lot of white folks are doing to pass down their generational wealth. Some people are not going to make true. seven figures in their lifetime, in their lifespan. Some people are not going to produce six figures a year. But if I'm a man who's the sole provider, why not have some insurance? So if anything happens to me, my family going to be all the way straight. So that's one particular step that we need to realize. Then think about this coming together in unity. If we know Big Mom about to go, oh, we come together and pay our life insurance all together. So when she goes, now we can split this generational wealth down. These are easy ways that we can do this, but that takes unity. Any strategy that I bring to you guys is still going to take unity. It's still going to take a mindset. And I tell people that all the time. We can talk about restaurants. We can talk about businesses. We can talk about schools. But what about the black man and woman that needs to be built up to run that school? That's fact, what about yeah. the black man and woman that needs to be built up to run that hospital, to run that restaurant? Because if we put dead people in there, the school's going to become dead. The restaurant's going to become dead. The hospital's become dead. So I think the first thing we need to be focused on is self-improvement, mindset, things of that nature. And then once we raise the black man and woman up, now we can put them to work. 
That's a, that's a fact. You got to get that form land. That's a fact. A lot of form land. That's a fact. Um, so, because I hear when you, I'm I'm listening to you and I'm hearing you speak, and I, you're saying some powerful stuff up here, but I'm also hearing you say the minister. How is it? Because I've got questions. So, my biggest question right now, before we even start, what is the biggest misconception of the nation? Because there are many. But what is the biggest misconception that you would, if someone were to say, why would I even think about this? What would you say? This is the misconception of why you wouldn't want to, or why they would say not to do it, but this is why you should. I would say one of the mis- big, uh, big conceptions at this time um, is that it's just maybe another religion and that nothing is being done uh, because they see killing still. And my response to that would be, uh, I would say my, my response to that would be every group of people I don't care what leader you name. I don't care who your favorite leader is. Somebody was still being killed. You can't, I, I can tell my son not to touch the stove all day long. I can show him an example. I can put my own finger on that bad boy. But if he has his own will and his own mindset to continue to touch that iron, then that's on him eventually. And so the nation of Islam is not something that we're going to force down your throat. But when you're ready, we are here for you. When you Those brothers that you mock on the street, on the final call, they got the bean pies that you mock and the papers that you mock. A lot of problems that we have in our lifestyle, the solution is in that paper. When we knock on that door and you slam the door in our face when we're trying to introduce you to the final call, that how to eat to live article could have stopped that heart disease that you got. Mm. That how to eat to live article in that newspaper could have helped you out with that diabetes. That how to eat to live article could have helped you out with that sickness that you're going through. And so oftentimes they think that um, uh, that it's a religion as well, and what we say it's more of a way of life. So some people may say, "When do y'all worship?" You know, when hey man, worship is every day—Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This is not something that we think is just about ritual. And so one of the main differences is a lot of people follow rituals. So I gotta pray exactly like this, or you know what I mean. I gotta eat like this, or you know I gotta uh, come to church at this particular time. So yes, we have our system. But he teaches us that the ritual is only a reminder of the principle. So if I got my right hand over my left hand during prayer, you may say, well, brother, that makes you holy because you got the, you're doing it the right way. No, that's a reminder that let me keep my righteousness and suppress my Lord's desire. So it has meaning to it. And so I think uh, that, that's, the, that's the main thing that, that because they don't see it, that it's not being done. But if you think about it, everybody that's in the nation of Islam was once not in the nation of Islam. Even if you're born into the nation of Islam, you're still a lost found. You have to make that decision on your own. It ain't like when you go into church or whatever and your mama just bring you in and you automatically know it's a certain age you got to join because this has to be a decision that you make for yourself. We can't force this on our children. You can't force this on nobody. They have to physically raise their own hand. They have to go through processing. They have to go through that whole, you know, thing on their own. And I believe that once people realize that, hey, this brother was just a gangbanger. This brother was just a pimp. This brother was just killing somebody, you know, not too long ago. And so when you save one brother, you potentially save more than that one brother because that one brother could have did a drive-by. That one brother could have killed a little sister. That little brother, that one brother could have killed a mother. And so all these brothers, man, whether they in the streets or wasn't in the streets, I believe were saved uh, by these teachings. And I think once people look at it from that particular perspective, they'll see the work that's being done. I think mm. uh, we might have to police ourselves, help police ourselves. Got to straighten up the streets. 
you know, we can't continue to let this stuff happen. So, I mean, yeah, so- and everybody and everybody have children. Mm-hmm. You know, the way life is set up, yeah. it's already how it's supposed to be. If I yeah. teach my son not to shoot your son, yeah. and you teach your son not to shoot my son, we'll be all right. I have to get on every. They're learning it, and, and what we have to think about it is we're learning it from somebody. If nobody wakes up in the morning, nobody's born a, a thug, a gangster. Mm. Go look at your picture when you was five years old. Right. Go look, look at your picture when you was four. Go look at an old video you got from you run around smiling, yeah. you're joyful. Mm. How you how you go from running around laughing and jumping around to now you 20-something and you mugging every yeah. time you see somebody. Everybody you see, you want to shoot them and yeah. kill them. Yeah. Something has happened. He's been yeah. influenced during this time. So if, as a parent, if, as a parent, I know that during slavery, they separate the mother and separated the father so that they can raise the baby up without the mother tongue, without the value, without all of the things that they knew. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same thing that's happening today. If I'm a man yeah. and I'm working and I tell my, 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 my girl or my wife, who's the mother of my child, hey, I, I need you to go out and get 50%. And then you send the child out to school just because you taught him some morals don't mean he's going to be influenced. He's with them seven hours a day. Yeah. And then if he's an athlete, he was there, he was there probably eight to ten hours a day. Yeah. Depending on if they got practice or not. And then you coming home from work, yeah. you tired. Yeah. She's coming home from work. She's tired. All you're going to do is fix, fix some food. She already mad because she's been dealing with this at work. Take a shower. May check the homework. If they check the homework, go to sleep and repeat that same process. They're around more people all day long. Then yeah. he's around people who parents may not have more. Yeah. Their daughter coming to school with their nipples out. Yeah. You know what's going on in the room. It's hard for you as an adult to control your hormones and you expect him at the age of 14 and 15 and he's making that transition through puberty and you think he's going to control himself because you told him not to do it one time? Mm-hmm. So we have to set up the proper environment so that they can be cultivated properly. And then once we put them out after properly cultivating them in the proper environment, then we have a higher chance of, these, of this violence going down. Because one it. organization... One leader cannot do it. And I think a lot of times we're looking for new leaders to blame, not new leaders to give us the information so we can implement it in our own household. It got to be through education, though, man. I don't know. We got to find some way to start teaching mugs. So, so before. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, so, that was, gotta, so, that was, so that was my yeah. point. Yeah, that was my point with the, with the, with the parents. Mm, yeah. If the mother's the first teacher, the first nurturer, yeah. then at that point, the man can be out working while the woman is there to nurture and teach. You know, and you may say, well, she's not smart enough. Well, she can learn how to do some ABC. She can learn how to teach him how to write. She can learn how to teach him how to do the B words and things of that nature. So that, but that's a sacrifice, though. Or if we you can don't just think have that, a place you know, you should be doing. And tell him to drop ahead. him off. Or we can get a place and tell him to drop him off. You don't have to teach him no more. You don't have to keep, you know what I'm saying? We can get him off the streets. Come, you know, come here. We'll teach you. We'll help you. You know what I'm saying? Especially if I can teach, if I'm smart enough to teach. I, it, it don't matter how big the classroom, long as it's speaker blasted. Right. So drop them off. We're, yeah, not asking, we're not asking for you no more. We've been asking for you for too long. Fact. We keep asking. We keep asking you to do this. Straighten up. You're not going to come in. It, uh, it's all upon you to come in for us to teach you. But if you're not coming in, what are we supposed to do? Just let you stay out there? Nah, drop them off. We, you know what I'm saying? We're reaching out to you now. Drop them off. That's all we want you to do. Like Khabib say that put you know he UFC fighter send location, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's teach him up. Mm-hmm. Let's really train him up. Cause this the time a lot of people gonna be losing jobs. A lot of parents, a lot of you know what I'm saying these little low budget jobs is gonna be out of here, bro. 
I don't think it's necessarily for me. It's not about teaching them up. Um, how is not? Brother, hold up. Uh, how is uh, not uh, about teaching them up? I ain't gonna say it's not about it. I'm saying it's about what we're teaching them. Far as where I'm coming from, I think yeah. it's about what we're teaching them. Like going to school, learning about arithmetic, trigonometry, and all of that stuff. It's nice and fine and yeah. dandy. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice, fine and dandy. Yeah. But do you know how to <laughs> saw some wood around here? Yeah. Like, can yeah. you go outside and build a fort? Yeah. Electrical. Like for real yes. Fortnite. Can you go outside yeah. and put a shed up real quick? You know what I'm saying? Can I, if I give you just one big slab of wood. Can you chop it up? And, and work ethic. You got to be able yeah, to get can up. You do you something. Can you do you something? Can you cook? Do you know what food is? Yeah. You, can you cook? Do you know? Can you? Do you know how you supposed how to do cook you even be? Do you know how oh, to be yeah. a man? First off, do you know how to be a man? That's what we need to teach. Uh, Education and being a man, because it's not on. a lot of men. Hold out on, there. hold on. Let's go. We, 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 we'll talk about this okay. all night, brother Ben X. I'm sorry to take this away from you and boil you with that. I do got another question for you. Um. I, I got another one from Myra, but before I ask that one, I got an even bigger question since we're talking about all this education. Where do you stand on college? Because I know you're pretty, you know what I'm saying, you're pretty much in your prime, two young brothers, so you know what I'm saying. Where, where do you stand on all this college nonsense? And I ain't going to say nonsense because obviously it's what, necessary. Uh, pay but the player do you No, um, beyond the play, we're going to okay. get to the players in a minute. We're going to get to the athletics of college uh, later, but I'm talking about the education of college right now. Brother Ben X, do you think it is necessary as us for a people to start spending our money and taking on it? Because I've spent that money and I've oh, taken on yeah. that debt. And I can assure you, sometimes it's <laughs> a ain't big role. And a lot of people will say, oh, well, you shouldn't go to college for the ordinary stuff. Well, I can assure you, fam, I went to college for something that wasn't ordinary. Mm -hmm. And I've been active in the field for about seven, eight years. And I can assure you, mm -hmm. even our businesses mm -hmm. is crumbling down and we're essential. Damn. Yeah. So, in those type of situations, I mean, you know, the airline industry going to get a bailout anyway. But in those type of situations, you know, I'm sorry, Brother Ben X, if you're listening, I know you're paying attention. Like, one guy green nerf this man talking about. So, I took aeronautical engineering, uh, A&P nice, uh, airframe and power plant. I took avionics. Nice to do a little pilot simulation on my side as well. But, you know, being a brother off the streets, it ain't cheap to be no pilot when right. we're talking about, you know, $100,000 versus $30,000 to work on, the, you know, work on it. So I took that $30,000 debt, you know, and it's not worth it. I ain't going to say it's not worth it, but the money that I'm making nowadays, and yeah, they're starting to pay more, but that's because we're in an epidemic and all of that crazy stuff and where there's a crisis. But when we're back to normal, if it ever gets back to normal, I know what that lifestyle is like at normal. It ain't worth it. I could do so much other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and social distance <laughs> might become the norm. So you might, it might just go down. And I... And, and I appreciate the degree because yeah. it's good to have because in my mind, I feel like as long as I have a degree, I hate to say it like this, but because, you know, um, Brother Ben X, I don't know if you know whether or not I was going to ask you later on, but my old lady is white. So for me, I feel like I'm going to always have the ups on the white man or always got a better chance against the white man if I have a degree instead of just experience because I got that. Now what else do I have? So when I got a degree and experience, how can you deny me the job unless you just saying, nigga, get that step up out of here? That's it. Mm -hmm. That's all you telling me if you ain't, you know what I'm saying, considering me. Mm -hmm. So where do you stand on college education? Do you think it's important these days? Well, I tell people all the time, um, do you have an iPhone? Uh, yes, sir. I don't. I don't have an iPhone. I don't do iPhones. I don't do all that. that, that I feel like I cannot. I, me personally, my morals will not let me purchase a phone more than $500. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm too cheap. I'm too there's, cheap, brother. I cannot do it. I can't do it. $500 a for a phone? Have, there's, there's a phone you have 
uh, have a GPS feature? Yeah, of course. Yes, sir. When does, uh, if you ever, you know, think about the last time you used your GPS, at what point did it give you direction? Mm, it gave me direction about, so it was a 30-minute ride. It probably gave me directions about 20 minutes. No, no, no. I mean, no, I mean, at what point did your phone start to give you directions and tell you where you need to go? Oh, after um, what? as soon as you type in the address, it tells you which way you need to go. You ain't got right. to so type in, order, in go and go get and you go there. It'll tell you where to go right now. <laughs> Right, so I got I got Siri, and Siri mm-hmm. doesn't give me any directions until I put the destination in. Yep. So I think to answer that question, it will be subjective because mm-hmm. it depends on what your destination is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are seeking guidance and seeking direction, but they don't know where they're going yet. Yep. And so there's no reason for me to say I'm about to go here or go there, or you should do this or you shouldn't do that, and I don't know where you're going. If you're a lawyer, if you're if you're a pilot, then of course you may need that. But for me, I, I dropped out of college because I didn't need it. I, I went to YouTube University. I went to Google Academy. And I mm-hmm. learned everything on Google and YouTube and I taught myself because I knew in my industry, they're not going to ask me for a degree. They're going to ask me for my portfolio. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, let me see your work. I'm going to get booked because of my work. I'm going to get booked because of what they actually see done. They're not going to ask for a piece of paper. Other people, they may do that. And then another thing, you can cheat through school. So I can cheat through school and get a degree. That don't mean I necessarily know it. Yep. And so for me, I think it's just subjective and it depends on that particular person. I'm not against college. I'm not against education. I think the person just needs to know what they are getting it for and make sure that their parents aren't working through them. A lot of people's parents didn't go to college, so they're trying to force their children to go to college. A lot of people's parents want to just brag on Facebook and Instagram that their child went to school, not knowing that in the long run, that child is going to have a bunch of debt, a bunch of debt, and it's going to have a lot of resentment as well because they're living a lifestyle that they really don't want to live just to impress you when actually it's going to make them more miserable in the end. Then when that parent is dead, it's going to be pretty much all for nothing because they can't even enjoy it anymore. They just living this whole lifestyle, got all this debt, and their parents is gone now. So I, I, I just think it just, it's, it's going to be subjective and depending on what that person's particular field is, they need to study is their job essential. They need to study, can I make this money back? It's almost like a loan. You know, I'm not going to go and get all and pay 500000 for some uh, knowledge. And then I know I'm only going to be making, you know, $11 a month. I mean, $11 an hour. That just doesn't make sense to me. So I think the person needs to sit down, analyze it, see how much money they can make, see about their industry, and then move and make their decision from there. Okay. I like that. Um, I got another question since we still on why we on this college stuff. While we're on this college, all right, so you watch sports, all right? So are you paying attention to the draft or anything like that? I honestly have not watched sports. I, I didn't even watch sports when gotcha. I was in high school. Gotcha. I watch, I watch highlights, you know. I mean, I watch Allen Iverson highlights, but as far as keeping up with the new players and all that, I never, I never was uh, into that. Okay, so you do know, um, have you ever heard of the LeVar Ball situation? LaMelo, LeVar, Lonzo Ball and all of them? When they came in, you know, with their own brand and shoot things of that nature? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so um, let me give you a quick update real fast. I just want your opinion real quick. Um, so the father, um, obviously, they did what they did. The um, son, they got drafted to the, my, my Los Angeles Lakers. I ain't going to say my own own the motherfucker, but I'm a fan. The Los Angeles Lakers, um, he ended up getting traded to New Orleans. The youngest son is actually projected to be the number one overall pick this year. 
on top of that, the team that he played for overseas, because remember, um, there was a big commotion about the father taking his youngest son out of high school and sending him overseas, and everyone said it was such a bad thing. Well, now he's projected to be the number one pick, and he just purchased the team that he was playing for in Australia. As a, hmm. as uh, a his, high- father, his father did? No, he did. Wow. Oh, yeah. Him and his agent single-handedly coerced some deal and ended up buying the team that he was playing for in Australia to finish out his last year of college or his first year of college, which would be basically his freshman year of college. He skipped college and went overseas, as he did high school. But he came back and finished his high school year and then went back overseas because the NCAA wouldn't allow him to play because he had his own shoe, knowing Mm. their rules. So I look at it like, Everyone was talking about LeVar Ball, everything, this and that. With his son purchasing that team, the way I feel, I feel like the NCAA needs to get ready because the NBA is already prepared. They've cut, they're basically at war with the NCAA, and I feel like they're cutting ties with them because they're like, hey, I'm trying to pay the players and at least start paying them something. By the time y'all start paying them, you're going to be paying whatever they want y'all to pay. And that's where it's headed because to because now NCAA you got NCAA was had them on slave wage. Yeah, if, I'm, if, if, it's, if you say Taking if you yourself money. were coming out of high school and you say you were the next LeBron, you would literally have the option right now going into 2021. You would have the option, say, if everything goes right, you're going to have the option to either go to college and play for the Dukes or the North Carolinas and all the great Kentuckys coaches and all these great schools. The HBCU. Or the, we gonna, I'm about to get to that <laughs> Those in a minute. Can, no, don't worry about it. You know how I TV. feel about that, too. Okay. You know how I feel about that, too. We're going to get to that in a minute. But right now, if this was you, Brother Ben X, coming out of high school, you know, they come to you and your mom sitting on your couch, all the colleges, top colleges, coaches, Kraskeski, everyone, you know, they come and talk to you. And then... There's an option where you can go overseas, sign a million-dollar contract, probably end up buying the team, still go number one overall in the draft. And you can have your own shoe, start your own shoe company right now. Since you're the hot YouTube, you know how it is. If you're young and you're up and coming, you would usually be a YouTube sensation or Instagram sensation or something like that, you know, such as the Zion Williamson's and stuff like that. So where do you feel college far as paying the players, not just NCAA basketball, all together, where do you think they should go with this paying the players situation? Because like you said earlier, it is slavery. Yeah, I don't know why they, why they, uh, I don't know why they can't get paid. I just talked to a brother who, uh, brother Steve Canal, I interviewed him on my podcast and he said there is actually some changes coming to where they are going to be able to get paid. Yeah. Um, I don't know what particular year. Uh, but I think that uh, that will be a good thing because I don't, I don't, especially today, man, with social media, they can have their own brand. Thank you. Um, I get it. Some of these schools are sponsored maybe by Adidas, maybe they're sponsored by Nike, so they don't want to kind of cross promote and cause any um, thing with that. But if a player wants to focus on doing for self and building his own brand with social media, with him having that ability to do so, because he may have his own brand in high school. It's entrepreneurs like that in high school. Yep. And for him to have to give up his brand, you know, let's say he got his own shoe in high school or he got his own clothing in high school and that's what he wants to wear, he may have to submit to that uh, when he gets to high school and kind of be pretty much bought out by another brand just because he wants to play on the basketball team. So hopefully uh, that they do let them do their own thing if that's what they want to do. 
Yeah, hopefully they at least give them the option. Because like you said, at least if you're coming out of high school with your own brand, you have to submit to them and change your brand because, you you know, they're they're tied into other brands. But that's not even yeah, the case right now. They're definitely making millions. Yeah, that's yeah they, they definitely going to make some money off of you as an athlete. You playing, you doing interviews, so why can't the athlete get money? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I do want to question. Um, I got a question for you about what Desi, um, what Brother Dez said. That is my philosophy, too. I look at the Zions and all the next up-and-coming Michael Jordans and the, even the next Warren Moon, Tom Brady players, the next great athletes coming out, you know? I look at these young players and I say, why not go to an HBCU? Because like you said, at the end of the day, I understand that they got all the glitz and glamour at these schools and in these institutions, but at the end of the day, they're coming to see you. If you choose not to go to that school, they're going to look at that school like, how did you not get him? They're not going to look at you like, oh, why didn't you go there? <laughs> they're going to be like, why didn't you get him? And Come on now, this is the next Michael Jordan. You couldn't get him? You had a chance? They can't get on ESPN, can they? HBCUs? Yeah, what they would that? get it. What I'm saying is all of that is possible if yeah. these young up-and-coming black athletes choose no to go there. Because it's, it's, it's YouTube now, so it don't even yes, matter. Yes, sir. And oh. that's the power of, like he said, he has oh. the Google degree. Yeah. Um, so you have that situation going as well. Um, can I ask you a question real fast, brother? Is it is it too is it too spicy to talk about the politics real fast? Uh, I'm not really into politics, so I don't know how, how much of an intelligent answer I'm going to have for you. Oh, oh. You you, you not vote? No, I don't. I, I didn't vote. Okay. Have you ever voted, sir? Mm, probably not. Okay. Um, why not? Uh, it's not really my thing, uh, and there's no reason for me to vote, and I don't really under, uh, have any interest in it. Uh, especially on that type of scale. And I feel like every president that we've had, uh, my condition has been the same as going to be based on what decisions I make in life. Yeah. Not saying that going out to vote can't make any changes, but according to my family, what I saw growing up, no matter what president was in there, uh, life was the same. It didn't get better. It didn't get worse. And it was all based on our particular decisions that we made um, in our life. And so, uh, and then on the fact of if it can cause change, I'm more so focused on self-improvement right now and the teaching. So for me to go vote with somebody, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know how it's really going to, uh, you know, pan out. Uh, I know that a lot of times the ministers say they are selected before they are elected. And so, um, yeah, I, I just don't see uh, a reason for me to do it at this time. Maybe as I get older and I got enough time to listen to politics, I might, but I have not voted for yet. Mm. Um, speaking of what you said, how do you, what are your, what is your opinion on the current and residing president that we have of the nation? I have no idea. I don't watch him like that. And my life has uh, actually gotten better. Uh, and it hasn't gotten better because of Donald Trump. It's gotten better because I've gotten smarter. I've studied and I've collaborated with like-minded individuals. Mm. So I, I honestly couldn't tell you about what uh, Donald Trump is doing at this time. Can I throw one? Is it a hold on? Is Go it a, like a um, a mindset or what? That you my mindset? Yeah, is that a mindset like um, you don't care about what the president is doing? You ain't so that's not even politics. It's not something you think about because you're smart, you're intelligent. So you you know what I'm saying it's a re, it got to be a reason why you don't care about it. So what's the reason? 
because uh, I'm also focused on, you know, other things. I'm focused on self-improvement. Okay. Um, I'm focused on learning the teachings. I'm focused on learning more about God. I'm focused on learning more about, you know, uh, that which I follow. What you can And so control. what I found to be more valuable is that uh, the teachings and what I'm spreading on social media, I've seen more people change from that. Yeah. and change from voting. I've mm-hmm. seen more people change from the teachings and what they heard from the minister versus Obama president, uh, Bush president, Trump president. And so that's more so my focus. And again, I'm not saying that it's not valuable or it, or it can't change, but for me personally, at where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. I've seen more change in what I can control and the decisions that I make mm-hmm. versus the decisions that somebody else is making. So let me go ahead and help you out real fast because I know a lot of people going to want to troll you if I don't ask you this question. So what do you say to people who's going to say, oh, well, a lot of people died for our right to vote. And what is you talking about? There's people out here who lost their lives and, you know, did all of that stuff so we can vote. What do you say to those people? I think that they should go vote then. A lot of people lost their lives in uh in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, during Black Wall Street, and some people are still begging for jobs. Some people are still begging for crumbs. Some people have not even started their business plan. Some mm-hmm. people don't believe they can start a business. Some people have not united. A lot of people die to unite. So they're still at home, and they're not trying to build Black Wall Street. They're not trying to build a business for their family. They're not trying to build generational wealth, and we die for that as well. So I think everybody should just do what you think is uh, best, and you shouldn't force or, or, or tell somebody what they should be doing, you do it and be an example. And if you got everybody all out in this world, there's millions, I'm, uh, I'm sure, they're still that way. If y'all go voting, y'all change things by voting. Maybe if I look at it and see that it made a lot of change, then maybe next year I'll vote. That's true. But most likely, it won't make a change, will it? <laughs> you tripping. So, um... You you don't think we should and I, try and, I, and I and I and I you know I'll say this as mm-hmm. well. Um, the scripture doesn't say be ye transformed by the renewing of the president. Mm-hmm. The scripture say be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. Mm-hmm. And so I think the mindset is what's going to give us the change that we're looking for as a people. Mm-hmm. Okay, where do we where do we go? First of all, um, I got two questions I want to get into, but I'm going to go ahead and get into the more pressing issue. Um, where are you? Do you know or do you have any information? Because I know you are you officially in the nation, sir? Like you've been yeah. inducted in the Hall of Fame. They've, they've drafted you officially. You know, you've got your jersey and everything. Yeah, I'm registered in the nation. Okay, so you are... On the diet, I assume, or not the diet, but you are eating right. You are eating, you know, the right way. Yeah. Okay, so where do we go as a nation of people? Now, And when I say a nation of people, I'm talking just just black and brown right now. Where do we go as a nation of people? What do we do health-wise to try to protect ourselves during this coronavirus time? What should we do? Because there's a lot of people giving out a lot of false information. And there's a lot of people out here who don't know what they're doing, what they're saying. And I'm not saying that you necessarily know either. You accordingly, you're not a doctor, but I'm just asking if you had any information health wise. Is there any eating habits that, you know, we should be aware of? Well, I know like that. I I, I know the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said it's the food that we eat and the drinks that we drink that makes our body prone Mm -hmm. or, you know, allow basically to be a host for these different diseases um, that we have. Yep. Even Dr. Sebi, who also learned from, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as well, according to some things that he said in interviews, 
he said that there's no such thing as diseases, but there's one disease, which is mucus. And when you eat the right foods and keep your body alkaline versus all of these acidic foods and things of that nature, then you pretty much can be healthy. Um, and so during this time, I definitely think that we should be on everything that we already know is healthy, fruits, vegetables, things that are organic, things that have seeds, things that's produced from the earth. That's a given, whether you're a doctor or not. I mean, that was here before any doctor became a doctor. That's the food that was already here. But then another thing that we should be getting into, definitely because of the radiation, um, mm. is the, the Navy beans. Uh, the Navy beans, in fact, uh, fight off the radiation. And then we should be practicing if you're eating four or five times a day to not eat four or five times a day. Allow your body to digest these foods because he also says that, you know, what ages us and harms us as well is our digestive system. You know, you're eating these foods and some people still eat meat, pork, beef, things of that nature that take 48 hours, 72 hours to digest. Right. And then you're putting food in there every day. You know, your body is, 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 is trying to harm that stuff off or rip that stuff off. Uh, so he advises us to eat one meal a day. Uh, now, I may snack, you know, here and there, things of that nature. Um, but for the most part, we should be eating one meal a day, uh, specifically striving to eat the same time um, every day as well. And if we can do that, he said, if we can eat one meal every other day or every two days, which it is brothers that's actually doing that, then you will never get sick. Am I saying you're not going to catch the coronavirus? That's not what I'm saying. I don't know all of the scientific measures of that, but those are some preventative measures that you can take to keep your body at least healthy as you can. And then, of course, just practice what they told us, you know, that the hand washing, six feet, things of that nature, and then just having some stuff in your home so you don't have to continue to go out every day to get you something to eat from other people because you don't know what they've been through, you don't know what they coughed on, things of that nature. Mm. This is true. Okay. Um, as a, as a nation, once again, where do we, as a people, what should we be? Like I said, what should we be looking out for as food? What should we be looking like? Is there any specific food that we should be looking for that they, you know, anything else? Specifically Navy beans, fruits and vegetables. Mm. Okay. That man say fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah. So, um, that's, a, that's cool. What is, I, what is going on with our women of today? Yeah. Like, uh, how can we, like, you know, what's, what's just going on with them? Like, what do you mean? like basically, you explain the women, uh, presence, uh, just for us, the man. Like, you trip. You should pick the certain, like, I don't know how to explain it, but women mean more than basically the man because they raised the, you know, the kid. But I'm just saying for us, the woman and the man, that situation has to be on a different level. Well, uh, I'm still trying to comprehend your question, but I'll say this. Uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says 75% of the work is with the woman. So there is a heavy load there because she gives birth to our children. The minister says when you teach a woman, you teach a nation. But when you teach a man, you teach an individual. He says when you disrespect a man, you're disrespecting an individual. But when you disrespect a woman, you're disrespecting a nation because she is the one who's going to give birth to a nation. She's the one who's going to give birth to everybody, every great man, every great woman um, that you see. And so if we can teach her and she can begin to educate herself and become civilized, then and, and by nature, she's going to civilize the son because she's the first teacher. She's the first nurturer. The minister during one of his lectures series is called How to Give Birth to a God. He even goes into the faults of the woman. 
So when she is pregnant, the thoughts that she has can go into the children. That's why he advises our sisters not to watch bloody movies and a lot of killing and stuff on the movies when she's pregnant because that can, you know, affect the child, how she thinks, the chemicals that's going through her body, things of that nature. And so I think a lot of times our sisters these days, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, every no good woman, well, the, minister, the, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said it first, every, go, every no good woman was made that way by a no good man. And then he balanced it out and said, where there are no decent women, there'll be no decent men. And so a lot of times we have these sisters that we are displeased with, but oftentimes it's because of a man that, that wronged her. Mm. Uh, it's because of a man that didn't provide that, 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 that protection, that providing, because by nature she wants to feel secure. Uh, by nature she is the help me. Not, you know, and, and the minister says a woman can't help you do nothing. Meaning that, hell, a brother, if you're doing nothing, she can't help you do that. You can do nothing on your own. And so I think a lot of our sisters want to do better, um, but they just have been in certain unfortunate situations where they got to raise male children up by themselves. They got to raise, you know, they, and, and, and the child doesn't have anybody to go to for advice, to look up to as an example. And so they're lost a lot of times just like we are lost. And so I think the, 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 the responsibility is on both of us to get our act together, both of us to get our minds together. And as we do that, keep our duty as it ought to be kept to God first, then as we keep our duty to God, act how we're supposed to be doing in righteousness. And if you don't believe in God, add an oath to God, then you got good. Act good. And as you do that, when y'all meet each other, or when two people are, you know, conversing or whatever the case may be, then you got two civilized human beings. You sure answered it. That is, that. that's a good one. Okay. Um, question for you also, brother. So, on the on the subject of this internet that we have and people being able to research knowledge and everything, there's been a lot of knowledge givers stripped of their power. I ain't going to say of their powers, but tried to, you know, um, I ain't going to say characters that have been tried to assassinate. They've been, you know, people have tried to assassinate characters, but they've stripped a lot of content from a lot of content creators. Um, Louis Farrakhan being one of them when they tried to, you know, well, when they got rid of him off the Facebook and the YouTube and everything like that. What are your thoughts on that type of stuff? Because you also are on this same type of network that could be cut. And my question for you, um, once you answer my originals, what is your thoughts on that? My question for you after that is where do we go as a people to get our own type of production where we can do our own thing? If it's po- or if it's possible to do our own thing, as far as having our own internet and YouTube, my answer to this is actually going to be unorthodox. Go ahead. Uh, before before the minister got banned, I actually got my YouTube channel terminated in uh, last December, mm-hmm. and I stay in jail on Facebook almost every damn other month. I stay in jail on <laughs> Facebook. They get me for something. They go find something from literally like literally 2015, like a picture. And say, oh, this is against our policy and they're blocking me for 30 days. Like, literally, I posted it in 2015, 2017. And so my thoughts on that is this. Um, number one, to answer your question, you can go to blackjunction.tv. Uh, the Nation actually have our own platform. We got a cooking show, my show, Brother Neary's show, Dr. Wesley's show, history, all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, go to NFAstudios.com. That's www.nfa studios.com and it's basically our own Netflix. 
Now, my response to the minister being banned is this. I don't believe that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was taken off of social media. I think that his profile was taken off social media. What do I mean by that? Well, as long as I'm on social media, the minister's on social media. Mm-hmm. As long as Brother Nuri Muhammad is on social media, the minister's on social media. Mm-hmm. As long as Dr. Wesley Muhammad is on social media, he's still on social media. Mm-hmm. And so just his platform was taken off. And so this is the time for in the scripture when it says, hey, man, when will we see the Father? Some people are asking, well, when are we going to see the Father? When are we going to see Father come? When are we going to see this? And we're supposed to be able to say by following that example and teaching the same word that he spoke with the same courage and boldness that he did, I've been among you all this time and you still haven't seen the Father? Me and my Father are one. And so you may have those people who say, and they were saying it, if Donald Trump mm-hmm. got terminated, all his people would have boycotted. They wouldn't be on these platforms. Well, I say this to you. Donald Trump followers don't have our mission. Donald, Donald Trump don't have the mission of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. What is the mission of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? What is the mission of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Message to the Black Man in America book? He said, my mission is to give life to the dead. Do you think all of the dead is going to be on blackconscious.com? Do you think the dead is going to be on blackmindset.com? Do you think the, 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 the dead is going to be on doofforself.com? These are going to be people who's already redeemed. These are people that's going to be already conscious. I'm trying to reach the ones who are not conscious yet. Mm. I'm trying to reach the ones who still in feel. I'm trying to reach the ones who don't know what they're going to do in life. I'm trying to reach the ones who don't have guidance. That's my mission. So I'm going to stay on Facebook if I got to make a new profile. I'm going to stay on YouTube if I got to make a new profile. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I got terminated on YouTube, that was one of my main streams of income. And that was revealing for me to, to show me, who, to let me know that I am doing it for the right reason. This is what I mean. There's a lot of people who got terminated on YouTube and said, I'm not coming back. I ain't making no money on it. I forget them boycott them. And so when I found myself going back, although all my videos were gone over 2,000, mm-hmm. all my income was gone. The reason I went back is because I know people there that were feeding on the teaching. Yeah. I know I had people there that was getting valuable information from the videos. Mm-hmm. So for me, it revealed something to me because, see, you never know who you are until you've been tried. You can say, I'll beat a nigga up if he, but then when somebody comes, now you really got to see if you're going to do that or not. Mm-hmm. And so when I got terminated on YouTube and I went back, they showed me that I was doing it for more than the money. Mm-hmm. I was doing it because I was really wanted to see how people wake up because I really wanted to get these teachings out to our people. And so how I think about that is if we're trying to reach the masses of the people, I don't care if it's a black platform, white platform, Korean platform, if my people are on there, I should be on there as well because they need this message that they're obviously looking for. Now, when you say reaching the masses, I got a question about your book, brother. How do you feel your big, uh, your book did for us reaching out to the masses? And also let the people know they can get this book at as well. Uh, you can just go and Google Brother Ben X book. Um, I think it did okay. Um, I, I, I don't push it a lot. Um, or I, I just don't push it a lot. But I do have another book coming out uh, called Being It Is. Uh, what I did was, though, I, I, I use that as a way just to reach the youth. When I go speak at schools, I give it away to the youth. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to somebody, somebody trying to ask me for some change at the gas station. I, you know, I may not have it, but I give you my book for free. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I do that. You know, um, you know, so it, it reaches a lot of people. It's been very helpful to a lot of people. I got great feedback from it. 
Um, so I think it's doing pretty good. And, and really my reason for making it is because I know some people are going to be listening. So that means they're going to listen to my podcast. Some people are visual learners. So that means they're going to look at my YouTube videos. And then some people are readers. So why not make a book with the same teachings in there and give them that? So the message in the book is the same message as everything else. Correct. Okay. Got you. Um, another question for you then while I got you here and I'm sorry, I got to keep asking these questions. I just, like I said, I've never spoken to anyone from that before, sir. Brother Nuri Muhammad, what comes to name when you, when you speak about when you hear that name? The light. The light. <laughs> yep. Uh, have you spoken, have you have actually met with brother Nuri before? Of course, several times. We've done several shows together as well. Well, a couple of shows together. Now, I've made, I've seen a post or two, and not just from you. I've seen people actually retweet this and say that they feel like Brother Nuri could possibly be the next up-and-coming, you know, frontier for the movement going forward. Not putting him in the light of Malcolm, but saying he could be the next frontier moving forward. What do you think about that? Um, I think the same way the minister thinks and the same way Brother Neri would think if he heard you say that. Um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is the eternal leader of the nation of Islam. Facts. And there's no need for a new leader because what the minister has given us is going to make us into God. So we're not necessarily looking for a new leader. We're looking towards the leader within now because we got the knowledge. We got the wisdom. We got the understanding now. And we have a council. So there's no need for a particular one leader that we're looking up to. Uh, we have a council. So we got the Chicago Council that makes decisions that has been fed by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, taught and trained by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan how to handle affairs. But then even in local cities, we have student captains, student ministers, student lieutenants, regional student ministers, regional student captains. So we now have a line, chain of command that we can go through. And so we're not looking for that one person to rise up like, you know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan at this point. We're supposed to all be rising up and letting the wisdom within him come to us so that when they see us, they see the Father, like I said. So there's a hashtag that's going out. Hashtag, we are Farrakhan. He said, I can never die. Not that he's spooky. He knows his body is going to eventually go. He knows his body is finite. But he has an infinite or infinite wisdom in him that he has given to us. And so if we use that knowledge that he has given us, connect to the heart, mind, and soul that he has, then, hey, it's still going to be him and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Master Far Muhammad speaking through us as we speak. So we don't need necessarily a new guy coming up. We already have that in place. Mm. I like it. I like it, man. I like it. You got something hey, else Do you for? think we uh, we will, as a country, will be going to war soon? I think we are already at war, and I think the greatest war, and well, I guess the answer, I know what you mean. I don't know, but I think the greatest war that we have is with ourselves. Uh, we can prepare for World War III. Um, we can prepare for the war of, of Armageddon. Um, but, you know, the, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said these words. He says, America is preserved for God himself. He said, if God is going to destroy America because of their mistreatment of the black man and woman. So I'm not worried about China, Korea, bombing us and things of that nature. What we need to worry about is America going over, sitting all, 
killing innocent people, starting stuff, being the bully in the name of protecting the country. That's what we need to be worried about. But I think the greatest war that me and you can be focused on is the war with himself. That idea that we have, and then there's a devil on the inside or a contrary thought on the inside that says, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you have a vice, or maybe you have an addiction that you have that you really want, you, you're addicted to, but then there's something in your mind saying, man, go ahead and do it. You ain't going to get in trouble. Don't worry about it. Just do it one more time. Just do it one more week. Just do it for one more year. Keep on smoking. Keep on drinking. Keep on doing that. And so that's the greatest war that we can have, that war with ourselves, because honestly, he said, it's not, the, it's not the white man anymore at this point. He said, it's the fear of the white man. And so we can continue to look towards the enemy, but what about the enemy on the inside? But the nearest said, yeah, we got a war on two fronts. We got to fight white supremacy, and we got to fight negativity. And so the same way that we look at them for killing us, now we're killing ourselves. Mm-hmm. The same way that they used to rape us back in the day, now we're raping ourselves. So now that they've been manifested from us, now that we can see the imperfection, now we got to look at the imperfection and perfect it in our own selves. And he said we must make our own community a safe and decent place to live. And the way that we do that is by self-improvement. So he says self-improvement is the basis for community development. That thing that you're dealing with that nobody knows what you're dealing with, that fight that you're having. See, when you're looking at the cartoon. They say you got the devil on one side and the angel on the other side, and they got to make a decision. That's what's going on with inside of you. That's what's going on every time you want to do something right, or you want to do something wrong, you're battling. Do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it? I know I'm not supposed to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. We all deal with that. I don't, give, I don't care if you're a preacher, pastor, suit on, no suit on. We all going through something. We all struggling through something. Because the Quran says he made us, to face difficulty. He said struggle is ordained. He said trials purify. It's to purify. So he says when you find an imperfection within yourself, you're supposed to look at it with joy. Because, oh man, you're not supposed to get down on yourself. Everybody done mess up. But when you find that vice, that thing that you, your weakness, he said look at that with joy because now the imperfection is manifested. Now you can target it and you know what you need to work on and overcome. And so that's how we should do it. And he said at every level is a new devil. So if you overcome that, you're going to find something else you can do. Once you overcome that fight, you got something else you can do. After you beat that war, you got something else that you can do. So I think the greatest fight or war that we should be worried about is the war within ourselves. What should we, what should we as young brothers out here in these streets do for ourselves as far as trying to push further self not? I should say, because I don't YouTube. think that I don't think. YouTube. Yeah, like yeah, you can you say YouTube, that. but YouTube's cluttered with a lot of bullshit too. They're cluttered with a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of you know. It's not about like you. You can Google a lot and find out a lot of information. You can also look up a lot of bullshit too if you look up the wrong stuff. So you have to know what you're looking for. What do we do as an older generation? And I don't want to say older, but what do I do as? far as being older than the younger kids than me, what do I do to try to lead them and guide them in the right direction? Because obviously the children are the future. I heard TDJ say one time, we not only need a mentor, but we need a model. Yeah. We need a model in front of us so that we can see that it's possible. Well, see, when somebody knows that I dropped out of college and I got cussed out and I had to make a decision that pretty much everybody else was against, 
and that I overcome it and be successful and they see me be successful and they see me grow, that gives somebody else confidence. I think a lot of times we devalue just living. You know, we're so busy on teaching. I want to teach them. I want to teach them. I want to teach them, but just show them. Yeah. Show them how to do it. Show them that it's possible to become a businessman and you ain't got to sell out. Show them that it's possible to stand on principles and truth without selling out. Show them that you can make money and you can teach. Show them that you ain't got to be twerking and all this just to get the money. So when you do that, he says, oh, that's possible. See, in the news, on TV, on the movies, they thought that it's just drug dealers, basketball. So it's not a coincidence that all the young brothers want to be rappers or athletes because the, the businessmen and the entrepreneurs are too busy. They're not able to be a model. And I can only give you my blueprint as far as knowledge. Study the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. You're right. There is a lot of stuff on that. But for me, and you may disagree with this, but I'm just telling you me, study the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's lecture, um, study message to the black man in America, and as far as the youth, you know, Captain Dennis said one time, I, you don't care how much you know. They just want to know how much you care. There's so many people don't care nothing about them. There's so many people not even listening to them. There's so many people not asking them, hey, man, what do you want to be in life? You're just telling them what you want them to do. So they don't feel like they're being heard. And so if you just listen to them, be a friend, be a real big brother, have real genuine love for them, and then be an example for them, and then support them in a positive way, I think we'll get more of the youth uh, that way. Mm. Well, so too. there it is. There you have it. I think more of that. Um, another one for you. Where do you think, so like you said, uh, the brother Desi spoke earlier and said all these rappers and all these athletes, um, I mean, all these athletes have all this money, and I'm going to take it a step further with not just the LeBron Jameses, with the, um, I'm going to take it there with the Jay-Zs and the Puff Daddies and all of those people of that nature. Where do we go as a people? Like, is there anything we can do to try to start our own thing man because i feel like every time we try to start our own shit they mess it up when i say that i excuse my french sir uh but when i say stuff like that i mean i say it because i think about things like black panthers and like you spoke of black wall street and every time we have our own type of organizations it get trampled and it gets stomped on by some and I don't want to just say the white man, oh, but yeah, it's the white man. Let's go ahead and put it out there. It's the fucking white man. He comes through and he What happened with him. the Black Panthers? You said what? What happened with the Black Panthers? What happened with them? I mean, with the Black Panthers, it wasn't necessary. And I don't know too much about what happened with the Black Panthers to necessarily say so. But it's just from what I'm saying. Yeah. From a, That's what I'm saying from a common perspective and conspiracy theorist ideal. Yeah. Do you have another example outside of Black Wall Street? Another example outside of Black Wall Street? Right. Well, the, well we tried to build something in the white man. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on real quick. No, hold on here real quick. I see what you're talking about. Um, so, yeah, um, no, I don't have another example. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because um, Sister Myra asked me. She said, how come we can't never do our own thing and we'll never try to start up our own stuff? And I said, I think we've only tried it a couple times. But outside of that, 
Yeah, like you said, I don't really know any other organizations outside of that. So you're right. I don't know why we don't start up our own thing. And that's why I was asking you, why can't we start up our own organizations or why don't we start up our own thing and try to build or recreate the not necessarily Panther movement or anything like that. But like you said, the construction and the discipline of those teachings, because obviously the FOI and the NOI is somewhat that organization that I speak of. Are you not? Yeah, I, I think the reason is because uh, we're living in the past and uh, because of ego. What I mean by living in the past, uh, most of the time, that's the only example people have. Black Wall Street. Well, if we build it, the white man going to break it down. But no white man that I know of during my time period has stopped you from going down there and getting an LLC. Yeah. The white man has stopped you from getting an escort, C-Corp. No white man has stopped us from coming together and starting a trucking company. A white man has stopped us from coming together and learning tech on YouTube or learning tech at a university. Correct. Yeah. And so when I think about that, I think a lot of times we put too much blame on them, not saying that their history is not true. Mm. However, at some point, we got to start looking at self and saying, maybe it's us. Yeah. Maybe it's our fear. So that's why I said the minister said it's not the white man. It's the fear of the white man mm. that is the problem. Yeah, which is education. And so when you think, and yeah. so... Right, and so when you think about, you know, the fear of it, Brother Neary said, have you ever kicked down over an uh, ant pal? He said, you either did it on accident or you accidentally did it on purpose. Mm. And he said, when you knock down this ant pal, do you see the ant run around talking about, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace, we can't do another ant pal. He said, man, you come back out there the next day. Ant pal is right back up. Not only is the ant pal back up, but it's bigger than it was the first time. Yep. Now, look at us who are the glory of God. Look at us who have the, the, the supreme intelligence, the ability to say being it is, manifest that which is in our mind. And every time we want to build something, we go back all the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and mention Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. So I think the reason that we can't do it is because of our disunity. That's what it is. It's our self-hatred. And then ego. I feel organization doing it, so instead of me donating and helping them, hell, I'm going to do my own organization. Mm -hmm. I see they already organized. I see they're already producing good people. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I disagree with that right there, so I ain't even going to get no money to them niggas. Mm -hmm. That's our mindset. Mm -hmm. And so when you think, and I'm not bragging on the nation of Islam, but we have schools. And we have several people who, are, who graduated from it, came out of the nation, and doing great things right now. Look at We Buy Black. That was one of the, he, was, he, he came up out, the nation, he, that was his root. The nation, we by black, he has a large platform unifying all of our people who are black professionals, business people, products, creators, things of this nature. We got MUI, uh, middle, uh, MUI University in Chicago. We got Elevated Places School in uh, 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 Houston. We got a school in DeSoto in Dallas, New York. We got one, I still believe, uh, California, New Jersey. So it's out there. We got a thousand acres of, of land producing watermelons, producing navy beans, mm -hmm. producing these things. But instead of coming down to the mosque and ordering it, getting with the brother saying, you can order Well, I ain't Muslim, niggas. I ain't nigga. I'm going. So that's our mindset. We don't know how to unite. And Brother Neri said this. He says, we don't understand unity. Mm -hmm. We've been saying we want to unite since the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. but we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. He said, there's a difference between unity mm -hmm. and uniform. Mm -hmm. He said, uniform is everybody in the Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the Nation of Islam, Food of Islam, MGT. Everybody with TDJs at the Potter's House. He said, that's uniformity. Mm -hmm. Unity is, hey, you got your unit, you got your one, 
you got your one, you got your one, and then we're going to come together on common ground, come to an agreement on where we're going, and bring all of these things together. So the minister said, your mother may have said three plus four equals seven. Mine says seven, seven plus zero equals seven. And my man over there said, no, nah, six plus one equals seven. And then we all get to arguing because we all got different equations, but we all get into the same answer. So I believe the reason we haven't done it on a mass scale, because it's happening, we got schools, we got supermarkets, there's people out there doing it, so I don't want to be disingenuous and say it's not happening because it is. I've seen it. However, I think the reason we're not doing it on a mass scale is because, number one, personally, I haven't got myself together. See, we can't skip mm-hmm. self-improvement. Because True. when I come into a business to unite with you, but I'm, but I'm broke, my mindset is going to be a stingy mindset. How can I get more cut? Mm-hmm. How can I, what, well, what about me? You're not willing to sacrifice resources because you, you, you're coming from a place of lack. You still mm-hmm. got bills to pay. Mm-hmm. You got children to take care of. Mm-hmm. But if I'm taking care of and I'm coming to the business, I'm coming full value. I'm not yeah. trying to take nothing. I'm not trying to yeah. think about only myself because yeah. I'm good. I ain't got to try to rob you, teach yeah. you. Yeah. So once we focus on self-improvement and I know exactly who I am, listen, I'm social media. I'm not coming to be no mechanic. I'm not coming to be no farmer. I'm not coming to, this is my lane. Technology, this right here, me teaching it, this is my lane. Mm-hmm. So when I'm coming, I'm coming with confidence. I'm mm-hmm. coming knowing what value I bring. And you come know what value you bring, and once we put this together as a cake, now we can produce a good bean pie. Mm-hmm. So you may be the egg. Mm-hmm. You may be the brown sugar. You may be this. You may be the navy bean. Mm-hmm. But once we put all this thing together, now we can slice this thing open, man, with a little ice cream. And eat us a nice little bean pie with some ice cream, man. So I think that's, that's what it is, brothers, that we don't know who we are personally, and then we have that ego problem where somebody do have it, we don't even want to support them. Now, who are we? Anyway, like as African Americans, like where the hell are we from? Like, yeah, brother? I mean, um, what the hell happened? Yeah, beyond, how did we get here? Yeah, how did beyond all that? Can you explain? Hold on, I need to, to hold the on, people we, out here who that. we are. No, who we are. No, you're right. Okay. Explain to the people out here who we are. Because, like you, like I, like you said, you know, do I have any other examples other than Black Wall Street? You're correct. Give me. Can you give me some examples? Tell the people, who are we as a people out here real fast? Because you know more than anybody. Oh, I ain't going to say you know, but you're learning well, I wouldn't, this. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, learning I this. wouldn't say that, but, yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that. But I would yeah. say, according to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we are the Asiatic black man, mm-hmm. uh, the maker, the owner, the team of the planet Earth, God of the universe. And what I mean by Asiatic, I don't mean that we're Asians. He says that at one point the Earth was once called Asia, Asia major, Asia minor. And so we wasn't limiting ourselves by a particular landmass. We are the gods of the universe. And so we are direct descendants of God. We are not uh, the Adam that was made uh, mankind. We are the man or the us and the hour that made these different people because that's why you can get a light skinned baby, even with blind hair from two dark skinned babies or two dark skinned men. Uh, I'm sorry, a dark skinned man and a dark skinned woman. Uh, but if you go find a Caucasian, you can't produce that dark-skinned baby. And so you can't find the birth record of the of the original man and woman. You can't find that birth record, but we know the birth record of the white man is a little over 6,000 years, and all of the others came from us. And so we are just direct descendants of God, and so that's how I define it. I don't define it as African-American, and when we say black, we're not saying that that's our nationality. But um, for my moors out there, we're not saying that that's our race. We're not saying that that's even our skin color. We're saying black is the essence from which all color comes from. Black is not a color. It is the essence 
from which all color comes from. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, you're not black because you're cursed. You're black because you're first. We are the mothers and fathers of civilization. We have just been tricked of the knowledge of ourselves, robbed of the knowledge of ourselves. And once we accept our own and be ourselves, we rise up to the top. Look at sports. That's a prime example. Whenever athletes get in that bad boy, whatever sport we get into, we always rise to the top in these different uh, 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 fields. Yeah. In these different segments of life, in these different fields. So that's Anything. who we are. That's no, how I right. define us. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't limit us to a landmass. I don't say we this or, you know, we this particular mm-hmm. continent. No, we, we're God, meaning we are beings with force and power, direct descendants of God. So what I say, how did we get here to this point? I want to take it back if you got time, brother. I need some answers because a lot of people get it misconstrued. Like, I know for I got fact, about five. I got about five to ten more minutes because I got a I got a consultation I got to do here. Right, got gotcha, got gotcha, got gotcha. Well, before we wrap it up, you got any questions you want to ask, brother? Nah, that's about it. Okay, okay. Um, I got I, before well, we, we get up out of here. Before again, we get up out of here, another, you know. Yeah, we we gotta have another conversation. Um, before we get up out of here, I know damn well I I can't go without asking. Do you have any opinion? on the Malcolm situation? Because obviously the conspiracy is is that the FOI and the NOI conspired with the FBI to kill Brother Malcolm. Yeah, go get Brother Demetrius' book. I mm-hmm. thought, uh, didn't y'all kill Malcolm? And all of the facts and research is there for you guys to check it yourself. Mm-hmm. His name is Brother Demetrius, D-E-M. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me get a D-E, Demetrius, uh, Brother Demetrius on uh, Instagram. So I think it's actually Bro Demetrius on Instagram, or you can just type in on Google probably, Demetrius Muhammad, didn't y'all kill Malcolm? And he goes through the whole nine. Goes through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, Malcolm X situation, sources, things of that nature. He just put a book out there and save his day. And uh, that is our defense or our response to the whole Malcolm situation. Okay. And where do you uh, perform? Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you necessarily call it. Uh, give your sermons. That's what you call it. What can we find yeah. you? Speak? Uh, yeah, because yeah, right. I want to come, you know, come to one of you. Watch you speak. On YouTube. Okay, YouTube, on YouTube. Facebook. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I speak at the mosque, uh, but, you know, everything is shut down yeah. right now. So mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I do have something coming up in Washington, D.C. around May if the dang coronavirus don't, uh, you know, go that far. Okay. So I do got some lined up in May. We may be on the Capitol uh, doing some things up there. Um, so I'll be putting that out as, as time gets closer, as flies come out of things of that nature, as some of this stuff die down. But on YouTube, man, Brother Ben X everywhere. Brother Ben X podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, mm. Brother Ben X, Instagram, Brother Ben X, Facebook, Brother Ben X, Twitter. Right. Brother when, ben is X, your, when is your Brother next ben show, X. sir? I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, my next show is, uh, I don't know, either today or tomorrow. I'm at the studio right now. So uh, okay. after this consultation, I may do another show. I'm not sure. Gotcha, gotcha. But I post gotcha. every single day. You know, clips are going on every day on Facebook, on Definitely. YouTube. So I'm De- sorry, you know, Instagram, Facebook, things of that nature. So just stay mm-hmm. tuned to the platform. Something Will new do. is coming out every day. We'll do. Support Definitely, the brother, sir. Y'all, man. We appreciate you giving us yes, your time, sir. I hope we can speak again. I appreciate you feeding the streets and giving us content and continue feeding the streets and giving us content and knowledge, sir, because we need it. I appreciate you, sir. You have a wonderful day.
appreciate y'all. Before y'all leave, what mm. platform are y'all on? There are a couple people that's in the comment section asking who are the hosts, so they want to know where y'all are from as well. What where, where can they find y'all? Uh, we are on Twisted Youngins on Spotify as well and on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. It is Twisted Youngins. And that, is that with an S or a Z? Z. All right, Twisted Youngins. All yes, right, sir. guys, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, sir. You have a wonderful day. All right, brother Ben. Hold on, wait a minute. Now let's let go ahead and do our thing. Now, now, now that was the brother. Show we do. Hey, he pulled up. Now, do you got any? You got any? 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 That? Any thoughts? Any? No, finna give what it you, the real, what? the raw. We finna talk about it before we cut what? the camera. What is your personal opinion about this interview we just had, brother? I think it was a great interview. Did you get I enough? Did you get what you came for, or was you? Would you? Would, were you entertained? Were you not entertained? He gave, he gave, he gave, were you not entertained? I was entertained. What do you mean? What was the problem? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. He gave a dope interview, and I yeah. was appreciative to get it. Definitely. Because it was good to hear, like, a brother like that. How old, how old is he? Is he like... We ain't gonna do that right now. That's why I ain't never I don't know, him. but that's he was, you know, yeah, he's a young asked, dude. And ain't, that's why he I ain't got his stuff together. I just know he's a young brother. For, you know, you know what I'm saying? We'll talk about that story. later. Hold up. To hear his story. To, what, the 22 kids in the family? Yep. And he only knows six. Yep. He changed his life around, you know. So. That's crazy. I support him. That's fucking crazy. 22 motherfucking kids, not only know six of them. Yeah. Damn. I can imagine that. That's terrible, dog. All right, y'all. Um, once again, that was brother Ben X on the ben phone X. calling in from, um, I don't know where his current location is, but he is a um, current member of the NOIFOI, and I appreciate him giving us some of his time today. Um, more than anything, I appreciate dope content that he gave us. We definitely learned some things. He was more than worth it. It was more than worth it. Um, hopefully, we can do this again sometime. If you watch this, brother, hopefully, we can do this again sometime. I need more. There's more stuff I'd like to discuss with you. Um, other than that, y'all, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to get up out of here. It is, um, once again, this is your boy uh, Mojo sitting there to chair with Desi my boy Dad, Desi man. in the building. Other than that, y'all, we up out of here, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was high.